Hello, everybody. My name is Alex Tippett, and I am a junior at Providence Baptist College. Welcome back to yet another episode of Maverick Messages, where you will hear the soul-stirring sermons we hear each and every day of school. Please enjoy the following Maverick message. You take your Bible, and I want you to turn over to Luke cha- or Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number 16. Actually, I probably should have uh, thought about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you were getting ready for the big day and the... Uh, the finale of the program uh, for the fall and understand you guys had a tremendous fall program. I know the preacher was really, really uh, excited about uh, what was uh, accomplished uh, over the uh, course of the campaign. And of course, I was excited to get updates every week from uh, Brother uh, Oswardy and and his role in that. That was uh, exciting. I always like uh, campaigns that have a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, moving parts to it. But the Bible tells us here in uh, Mark, we're going to look at, uh, uh, we're going to look at Mark, what did I tell you, Mark 16? All right, in verse 15, what does the Bible say? It says, go, what? And all the world, and what? To what? All right. Verse 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world. I should have started in Matthew, but look over at Matthew 28. And uh, verse 19, 28, 19. Well, how does it begin? Go. go, what? Ye. All right. Go, ye. Let's look over at Luke chapter number 14. Luke chapter 14. And verse number 23. Let's look there. And the scripture says, And the Lord said unto the servant, what? Go. Go, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Another verse of scripture in verse 21, we see, so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly. Uh, These three references, we have the word go mentioned four times. Now in the Great Commission, we see in Acts chapter one and verse eight, Another one of those verses that refers to the Great Commission, you shall be witnesses, okay? Uh, That implies we are to what? Go. And then over in John uh, chapter 20, 21, we see that uh, as the Father sent me, so send I you. So the implication is what? We are to go, amen? What what I want to preach to you on this thought is this, let's put the go in the gospel. Let's put the go in the gospel. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time spent with the students, and I pray, Lord, you bless them. I do appreciate their desire to serve you and prepare their lives to uh, work in the ministry or to uh, serve others in some capacity. And I pray, Lord, you bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Put the go in the gospel. You think about the Great Commission the Lord Jesus gave to us. Uh, it's mentioned five times in the first five books of the New Testament. And the common denominator is that we are to go. The Lord Jesus uh, saved us that we might go and tell others about His love, about His sacrifice. How shall we go? The simple outline. How shall we go? Well, number one, we should go looking. We should go looking. If you take your Bible, turn over to uh, Matthew chapter number nine. Matthew chapter number nine. We see the example of the Lord Jesus Christ as he looked upon uh, the field that uh, 
where, where the folks were fainting having no shepherd. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Uh, the Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Hey, Jesus went everywhere, and what was He doing? He was looking. He was looking. He was looking for that one who had a need. That one that uh, had a need. He looked. I think about when he went through Jericho. Uh, he went looking. Uh, he passed by. And Zacchaeus was up in a tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down for I'm coming to your house today. He went looking. He went to uh, Samaria and he went looking uh, for a woman who would meet him at the well. The Lord Jesus is constantly looking. We look here in uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Jesus looked upon the harvest field. Uh, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. So Jesus looked upon the harvest field. Uh, we should go looking because of the condition of the harvest. As uh, we look at the scripture, we see that they were faint and were scattered. We should go looking because of the command of the Lord. Not only should we go looking, we should go loving. Uh, Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 tells us that the Lord was moved with compassion. Uh, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Jude 22 talks about some having compassion, making a difference. How should we go? We should go looking, looking constantly looking for someone that we might can share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with. Go looking. I've been trying to challenge our church again to take a handful of tracts and pass them out or leave them somewhere where people might uh, find them. But we need to go looking. I stopped by to get some uh, coffee this morning and as I went through the drive through hey, it's early, early in the morning and there's a fellow and it really wasn't busy. I could give him a track and uh, say, look, won't you take some time and read that track? It's good news. It's good news. Hey, we ought to go looking for an opportunity. Hey, there are people all around that need the Lord. So go looking. Go loving. Go with compassion. Uh, go with concern in your heart. When Jesus looked upon the multitude, He had compassion upon them. He saw the condition in which they lived. Hey, it doesn't take a whole lot to look around and see the condition of our world today, it's in a mess, isn't it? I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, we've got uh, wars and rumors of wars. We've got a Middle East that's nearly on fire right now. And all the different things that are, uh, are beginning to, uh, to, to take shape. And, and there's a lot of bad news. But hey, there's some good news. Good news, good news. Christ died for me. Amen. Hey, good news is the gospel. It means good news. I was walking down Ben Yehuda Street in Jerusalem some years ago, and a fellow walked up to me and said, man, it's sure a lot of bad things going on in the world today, isn't it? I said, sure is. He said, man, wouldn't you like to hear some good news? I said, sure. You know what? He witnessed to me. I guess he figured I needed it, right? But he wanted to share the good news of the gospel. Here I was in a foreign country. Here I was uh, miles away from home. And yet here was a fellow that was concerned enough about me or concerned enough about others to say, I got some good news to share in the midst of this bad news in which we 
uh, we're surrounded with. Hey, Jesus uh, says we're to go loving. Number three, we're to go laboring. We are to go laboring. I draw your attention back to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37. The Bible says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. Uh, go laboring. There are two places that I think we can uh, see from this passage where we ought to be laboring. First of all, we ought to labor in the place of prayer. You know, Jesus said we ought to pray for laborers. Uh, we need to pray for reinforcements. We need to pray for, for help. Do you know what? You young people here are the answer to prayer. You know that? You know this college and the existence of this college is an answer to prayer? There were folks that were praying, Lord, send forth laborers into the harvest field. Oh, you don't know them? Uh, you, you don't know them perhaps by name? Some of them may be in heaven today, but they were praying. They were laboring because they could see what was needed in this world. And that was some young people to be trained to prepare for the ministry, to prepare for the mission field, to prepare for evangelism, to prepare for pastoring, to prepare for teaching. Young uh, uh, people uh, in Christian school, they were laboring in prayer. And you are the answer to that prayer. Let me ask you, are you are you laboring likewise? Are you laboring likewise? You see, you understand this this is an investment. Uh, you know, prayer, uh, a laboring prayer is an investment. Hey, you may be praying today. That prayer may be answered down the road just a bit. But you need to put the time in now and be praying. Hey, what is it that God's going to do with you? Are you praying? Are you praying, Lord, use me? Are you praying, Lord, raise up some uh, folks that, that I may uh, win to Christ or may invest in? You know those uh, folks you pick up on the bus route? You work in the bus route? Man, look, I hope you take your bus route serious. I do. I really do. I know you may just be here for a semester. You may just be here for a year. Or you may be here for a couple of years. They may move you around from bus route to bus route. But let me tell you something. You know, every one of those precious lives is important to God. And you know what? They need your time. They need your attention. They need your affection. They need your wisdom. They need your concern. I'm sure there are probably those that ride a bus and say, well, we have all kinds of young people come through here. and We don't know from week to week or from semester to semester who's going to be here. But every one of you ought to be saying, you know what, I'm going to labor that I might have an investment here that I'm leaving behind because somebody invested in praying for me so that I could get the training. You know, give something back. Give something back. And one of the ways in which you can do that is go laboring. Labor in this area of, of prayer. Uh, labor in the place of the harvest. Uh, Jesus talked about you know, the, the, the harvest here. He says, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest. He's talking about a harvest of people. He said he's praying for the, for the harvest and, and pray for the labors to come forth for the harvest. And you know where you find people? In the harvest field. You know, I remember Brother Hatch used to say, you can't go to the wrong person with the gospel. You say, well, there may be saved already. Well, you still can't go to the wrong person. You know, just, just for example, when that fellow came to me on the streets of Ben Yehuda Street, it convicted my heart. 
Here's a guy, total stranger, who walked up to me and asked me, hey, you want to hear some good news? Now, I went there and, 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 and did my best at times to, you know, to talk to people about the Lord, pass out some of our business cards, leave some scriptures and things behind for people. But I thought, man, did I walk up to a stranger and just start talking to him? I, didn't, I, I got convicted about, hey, here's a guy. He's not ashamed. He's not intimidated. He just saw, I guess what he perceived was a, a European or American or somebody. He said, I'm a witness to that person. So even if you go to a person who's saved, it's not the wrong person. Because you might spark something in them. Have you ever been knocking doors and come across a door and, and opens and someone says, man, I sure appreciate what you guys are doing out there. I know we need to be doing, I need to be doing that. You ever had that happen to you? Sure, sure, every one of us have. You know what? You see, well, that was a wasted visit, really? Who knows who might get convicted? Amen. Who knows who might say, you know what? That, 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 the Lord's been working on my heart. I need to get back being concerned about others like I used to be or get concerned at all. Hey, you got to get to where you can find the people, amen? And I tell you what, in this Chicago land area, you got people everywhere, don't you? You got people everywhere, piled upon piled upon piled. Hey, they're, they're not quite as many as uh, over in our uh, neck of the woods as here, but there's still plenty of people. Hey, the harvest field is wide already under harvest. We need people that will labor uh, to find those people. I remind you again, Luke 14, and the Lord said unto the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. God wants his house filled, doesn't he? Number four, I like this, go lit. Now I'm not talking about lit as in lit, like the world says, but I wanted to alliterate my outline, okay? And so I needed an L. And so... I'm talking about going fire. Amen? Go lit. Go lit. Go in the power of the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. John chapter 20, verse 21, 22. Then said Jesus to, uh, to them, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, the Scripture says, He breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. You know, when you're lit you'll go without excuse. You know, John chapter 4, Jesus said to his disciples there in John chapter 4, verse 35, Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. They are ready now. Hey, when we go in the power of the Spirit, hey, we go with boldness, and uh, we also go without excuse. You find yourself making excuses. You find yourself stalling. Sometimes a Saturday assignment comes along, and I know in college, I was in Bible college too, and, and we had a, a certain amount of time and a certain responsibility that we had to fulfill. And, and uh, you know, it's no different in your day than it was in my day. There's always those that kind of, you know, drag and somehow find a way to have lunch for two hours, you know? making excuse or stalling or trying to do something in order to avoid the 
confrontation with people or confronting people. I'll tell you what's the remedy for that, for me and for you. It's being filled with the Spirit of God. When we are not filled with the Spirit, we'll not go with boldness. We'll not go with confidence. We'll go making excuse. We'll go stalling. We'll go uh, half-hearted. But I'm telling you, when you're filled with the Spirit, you'll go lit. And you know what the difference is between being fired up and not being fired up, right? I mean, you, 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 know, you know how to light it up, right? You know how to be excited about something. You know, whenever you're filled with the Spirit, you don't have to pump it up. You don't have to build it up. You know, the truth of my, you think about this, guys. It, you know, every Saturday right now is, you know, filled with ball games and we're all excited about that. I like, I like ball games. You like ball games, most of you. I mean, and, and you'll, you'll hear, here, here, you think about, you, you hear a coach talk about his team and, and motivating them. What motivates the team? Now, let, let me ask you this. Do you think, those of you that are Michigan fans and those of you that are Ohio State fans, okay, and I'm sure we got some here, okay, do you think that either one of those teams really needs a motivational speech before the game? Do you really think that the I mean, if they don't have that motivational speech and that alumni, that, that player was alumni, if they, they don't come, then, then they're not going to be fired up about that game. Do you think that's the case? No, I don't think that's the case. If, if, and I don't know a whole lot about Big Ten football other than just my familiarity with, with Iowa and my years up here. But, but I, you know, tradition, I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the biggest games that's looked forward to all season long. Is it not? Uh, from what I understand, it's the last game of the season for both of those teams. And most of the time here recently, it has implications of going to the playoffs, right? So I ask you again, you think you have to have a speech to get motivated to get up for that game? Do you, do you think if they put on that uniform, they're pretty lit? I mean, they're pretty excited. They're pretty fired up. Because of what they're representing and what they're playing for and, and, and for, the, for the, the tradition, right? Let me just say this. We got something more important than a ball game. All right? I like ball games. It's okay to like them. I know we may get a little bit carnal and overboard with it at times, but... But let me just say this. What we're talking about today is what we should be all about as Christians. And especially those of us that are preparing, those of you that are preparing, you know, for the ministry and serving God with your life in, in, in this area. Hey, we, we shouldn't have to have somebody pump us up to get us excited about talking to people about the Lord. We shouldn't have to have somebody pump us up and get us all animated and all riled up to get us off of our backside and onto the street, right? I mean, we shouldn't have to have, we shouldn't be guilted into doing our job for the Lord, amen? And we won't, we won't if we look and see the condition 
of the field. If we'll look at the field like the Lord, if we'll go in the power of the Lord. Look, I remind you in Acts chapter 1 and 8, it says, "Be, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. You know, they, they went everywhere. The, the motivating factor was they were filled with the Spirit. I mean, yes, they, they saw the need, but it was their relationship with the Spirit of God that made the difference. It made the difference. That's where the motivation, that's where the drive, that's where the zeal needs to come from. From the fullness of the Spirit of God. Where you're asking the Lord, fill me that I might be a blessing to someone. If we realize, look, I, this is, you know, I, I, I realize this more than I, can, I can't. I can't change that person's mind or heart that I'm talking to. I, I wish, I wish I could knock on the door, strong arming, and say, pray this prayer and be saved. I wish I could do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. All I can do is speak to the face. But I tell you what the Holy Spirit does. When a spirit-filled witness speaks to the face, the, the Holy Spirit speaks to the heart. And I'm telling you, I need, I need that. You need that. We need, because that's the only thing that's going to make the, the difference. Hey, and you know what? You can go motivated and excited knowing that the Spirit of God is going with you. Hey, He promises, hey, I'm going to be with you always. So, hey, go lit. And then lastly, I want to say go, oh, go longing. Go longing. And by that, I mean with anticipation, expecting God to do something, expecting the Lord to uh, to, to to bless and and expect the Lord uh, to to bring forth the fruit. Look over at, at John chapter four. I'm, I'll be done. John chapter four. One more time here. John chapter four. And 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 verse thirty six. Now you remember the Lord had had been with his disciples there. He uh, and and he he says in verse thirty five, "Say not ye there yet four months, and then come of the harvest." While saying, "Lift up your eyes and look on the field, for they are white already." It, hey, it's it's ready. And he says in verse thirty six, "And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. And both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together." And herein is that saying true: one soweth and another reapeth. Hey, we ought to go with the anticipation that God is going to save the lost, and you know the result. For from that is going to be joy. You know, you can't get saved again, and you can't you, you can't enjoy that uh, that or you or, or you can't uh, uh, you know recreate that 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 spirit that you had that 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 sensation when you trusted Christ. But I tell you what, the closest thing to that is when you can lead someone else to Christ. All right? You remember how excited you were when you got saved? You remember the joy that you experienced? You remember the peace that you 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 felt if you want to use that word? You said, "Oh man, it was a well, you you you, you know, it may be in years and it's, you know, I well, I'd love to re recreate that." Well, you can't, but I tell you what you can do is you can tell somebody about the Lord and you can see and sense the next best thing is the joy of being able to lead someone to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm saying, go looking, go loving, go laboring, go lit, and go longing.
And why is that? And it's really the simplest. Simple. There is no other plan. There is no other plan. You know, the legend is said that after Jesus had gone back to heaven after paying for our sin debt on the cross of Calvary, that Gabriel said, Lord, do they understand down there on earth your love and your message and what your sacrifice was all about? And the Lord said, no, not all of them. And Gabriel says, well, Lord, how are they going to know? He said, well, I told Peter, James, John, and others, and some friends to tell the story. And as they tell the story and spread the news, more will hear. And eventually, the whole world will know the degree of my sacrifice and what it means. And Gabriel says, but what, what if they don't take it? What will you do? And the Lord says to Gabriel, and it's a legend, okay, there's no other plan. That's the plan. If they don't take it, the world will not hear. And that's, that's what the going is. If we don't, they'll not hear. We've got to put the go in the gospel. Praise the Lord. That's some good stuff right there. Please tune in again for another Maverick message next week.